first ever episode of the Positionless Pod. I'm your host, Kai Gamage, and I'm here with some of the greatest young minds in basketball journalism today. Uh, so I'm here with Diego San Agustin, Aaron Matthew, Mike Cruz. Oh my goodness. I'm so lucky to be surrounded by such beautiful people. Uh, if you hadn't figured it out already, this is your next favorite basketball podcast. The best group of guys for the modern NBA. We're versatile, switchable, and positionless. So let me formally introduce all the incredible basketball writers, basketball minds that I'm sitting here in this kind of chilly podcast studio with. Uh, alphabetical order, I guess. Uh, Aaron Matthew uh, with two A's and one T. Introduce yourself, bro. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, make sure, please make sure to tell everyone uh, what your favorite team is. Please. <laughs> we need to know. So yeah, I'm Aaron Matthew. Um, I'm actually, sadly, a Lakers oh, fan. Oh no, what a bum! <laughs> I'm vomiting right now. <laughs> I'm but, so sick. Uh, yeah, I'm. I like to write basketball. I like to talk basketball, and now I like to discuss basketball with my buddies here. <laughs> buddies, your buddy. My buddies <laughs> here, and that's all you need to know about me. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to know you a lot more, obviously, throughout the the course of this podcast. Then to the right of me, I've got Diego El Fuego San Agustin, oh the short goodness. king don't, with don't a smooth jumper, our resident don't Oklahoma like that, City no. Thunder fan. Of course. How does it feel knowing you're still going to be in position to not contend for a title <laughs> next year? Now, what are you talking about? No, yo, Victor Wembanyama is going to look so good in, in, like, in orange, blue and white. Oh my God! He's yeah, gonna look, yeah, you're right. yeah. It's too bad Shea's gonna look better in red no, and white, though. It's yeah, not happening. So I mean, so tell yeah. us, so tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself before so, I go ramble on and yes. keep talking smack. Yep, I am your resident Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Started getting to the team because of my boys, <laughs> Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Those are my goats. Of course, my favorite players of all time. They still are, even after Kevin Durant broke my heart. After joining Golden State, boohoo! Yeah, it's, it, I've had a, I've had a rough rough history as a Thunder as a basketball fan. <laughs> but yeah, I I like to talk basketball. I like to write. I like to watch games, and you know lately I've been I've been attending basketball events, and I'm just yeah. this is what I've dreamt of. You yeah, know, this guy this guy met Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, that's my yeah, guy. It's crazy. That's my brother. It's crazy. You should put him on the Thunder. Um, <laughs> last but not least, we have the Kuya of the group, the veteran presence, our Udonis Haslam, the gatekeeper of basketball culture, Michael. Michael. Anthony Cruz. What's up, man? The I people want to know more about you. I don't want to be associated with Udonis Haslam. Oh, man. come on, man. That's the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Mike. Uh, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. Not sadly. Because we, we, just, we just won the title. And we're going for it again next year. Yeah, this guy stays winning. It's not fair. I hate it here. So when 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 do you start being being a Warriors fan? Just for the sake of everyone, I'm just going to say 2015. Oh, wait, really? That's actually so disappointing. Okay. No, 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 no. Wow. It's probably That's a little bit before that. Okay, you know, okay. When Curry was on his wow. rise. This guy's not an OG. All right, well, whatever. So... I guess we'll be more disappointed later on. Uh, that's a crazy thing to say. I had really high hopes for Mike. Um, but this is it's a big change of pace. Uh, let's just go straight into the news for today. Um, 
Positionless podcast. We're essentially just going to be talking about news. We're going to be talking about basketball. We all love basketball, obviously. This is like the most important thing to us. Ball is life, that sort of, that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, we just want to give ourselves a platform to really talk about basketball as much as possible. Give you guys some uh, hot takes, some bad takes, mostly from the Lakers fan there. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. So today, today we're going to do a pretty solid amount of NBA content. Um, we'll also like we all love this league because well it's 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 a never boring association right so there's always something wild going on uh, we'll go through some of the most recent news at the top of the show then later on make sure you stick around we'll be talking summer league and why the Lakers messed up yet again by letting Mac McClung walk they can't they can't hold on to the right white guys on their team I swear first Alex Caruso now Mac McClung. <laughs> Uh, we'll also be talking about the best remaining unsigned free agents. Let's get right into talking some of the best and brightest news in the NBA today. So first of all, Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz. As it currently stands, I think we've all kind of read between the lines a little bit here and figured out a while ago that Donovan Mitchell was not exactly sold on staying in Utah, Salt Lake City uh, for the foreseeable future. Now it's a bit more concrete, and though he hasn't formally requested a trade, the most recent news to have broken is that the Jazz are officially open to hearing offers about their star guard. So my least favorite part, obviously, about this whole Jazz situation, uh, they're obviously going to be tanking next year. The, it's a great year to be tanking. Victor Wembanyama is an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. Scoot Henderson is pretty good too, but he's no, he's, he's no, he's no Victor Wembanyama. Uh, my only issue with that is that there's no good like name for it. There's no choke for Chet. There's no punt for Paolo. Those are some incredible names for tanking teams. Uh, <laughs> but it's a missed opportunity. What I wanted to ask you guys, how do you feel about the potential of Donovan Mitchell moving on from Utah? Diego, what do you think is going to happen? Potential is very, very high. Um, whatever the hell has happened in Utah last year and in the past few seasons with between um, mainly Gobert, and Dimitch, like there's been a lot of talks about how they don't get along, how they fit together, both on and off the court, and I think it was it was bound to happen eventually, you know. And with Utah, I think you know having Danny Ainge, I think that he definitely is going all in for a rebuild mm -hmm. right now, especially after trading Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves lately. Well, for I such mean, a massive haul too. I mean, we talk about like the clearly frayed relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I mean, that's been going on since what, like the COVID thing? Since the whole Gobert touching mics yeah, thing? Exactly, that's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's really when it kicked off, right? But sure. um, now they're split up. Like, is it really necessary to, like, is, is Donovan Mitchell still that unhappy with the Jazz organization? I, I feel like there might have been some things that happened within the organization that, you know, a lot of us don't know about. This is an internal issue type of thing. But ever since then, I've, yeah, I've, I would guess that Donovan Mitchell has been unhappy in Utah. So do you guys just think that Donovan Mitchell is done with the Jazz? He's out of Utah. He's going to be in a different jersey next season, 100%? He's been done with Utah. He's, I think he's wanted a move since last year. Obviously didn't get it. And they had a forgettable playoffs, which makes the exit even more likely for him. It's actually sad that the fans turned on Rudy Gobert first because he clearly looked like he still wanted to play for the team, whereas Mitchell was out there yep. being a traffic cone. And it, it seems like he was 
the fan favorite just just some time ago in the bubble when he was casually dropping 50 bombs and from then he's gone on to become this guy who does not care about the team there's no way they can hold on to a guy like that and it's probably for the best right because you said you mentioned Victor Wembanyama he's the guy to tank for and since they've already started 50% of the blowing up i think he has to go he's on his way out yeah, yeah i mean the jazz have been disappointing in the past few years in the playoffs and you know that donovan mitchell versus um jamal murray series was incredible yeah cool so that was that series was incredible and you know we saw some amazing basketball from dimitch but then in the years after that it kind of just went downhill yeah like Look, it's just playoff disappointment after playoff disappointment after player dis- playoff disappointment, right? Like, I think that we put a lot of onus on Rudy Gobert uh, when it comes to the Jazz's lack of playoff success, right? Because he is still that type of regular season defender. He's like winning all the regular season awards for defense, defensive player of the year, but it obviously just hasn't translated to the postseason, which is pretty disappointing. Um, and it's especially his production that falls off once you get to the playoffs. So I understand why Jazz fans are a lot more dead set on keeping a guy like Donovan Mitchell. I feel like there's a lot more star power there. Uh, Gobert, his game is pretty boring, right? Like all you're going to get is like a couple good blocks here and there. You're not going to see him have any highlights on offense. I understand why they would rather flock towards Donovan Mitchell than Rudy Gobert. Of course. But the team really did function around Rudy Gobert, especially when it came to their regular season success, right? So, I th- I also think that they're essentially getting rid of the wrong guy, and because they already made that choice, I feel like shoot, you might as well just get rid of both, right? Yeah, yeah. and it makes sense, kind of makes sense for them to you know stick with Mitchell because he's the younger guy, obviously he's just twenty five, but obviously it's reached this course. Uh, everything Utah, everything's new. Like they have a new front office. The coach is new. You know, they just traded one of their all-star pieces, their defensive anchor. So Mitchell's got to be the next guy out yeah. if it's going to be a complete teardown. It's so surprising to me though, right? Because they just hired Will Hardy, who was a assistant under Ime Udoka with the Boston Celtics. And prior to that, he was also working alongside Ime Udoka with the Spurs, right? So this is... A defense-first head coach. He understands the defensive schemes. That's what Boston was known for last year, their their defensive versatility. But then you get rid of Royce O'Neal. I'm not going to do the whole Brian Windhorst thing where, like, what's going (laughs) on in Utah, right? But but they're getting rid of Royce O'Neal, who I think was probably their best perimeter defender. They got rid of Rudy Gobert, who was their best inside defender. Now you're leaving him with Donovan Mitchell, who I know he was, what, big – Big 12, Big 10, or ACC Defensive Player of the Year when he was at Louisville. Yeah. I forget which conference it's in exactly. I'm not good with all the conferences. But this guy was a good defensive player, and now he's just completely fallen off the map. What defensive players could Will Hardy even like integrate his scheme into in this next season in Utah? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's going to be tough for him to go from the Celtics who were a finals team to a completely rebuilding team maybe it's also a good opportunity to him for him to start with a younger group so there's not a lot of expectations right away because we've seen how rookie coaches who are given super teams like Steve Nash 
can crumble under the pressure mm-hmm. that comes yeah. with it so maybe it's probably the best for the, him i don't know how he incorporates his defensive schemes with the team and although if donovan mitchell were to stay on that team it'd be glad it'd be a good sight for the jazz fans to see him play some defense once again yeah and i mean they gave well hardy a, they gave well hardy a five year contract right so it's not as though he's going to be asked to get to the playoffs this year he's not going to be asked to do anything more than get victor wembanyama or scoot henderson this year that's all that really matters right i, mean, I, th- I think that it's it's i just want to say that it's crazy to, to see how the donovan mitchell utah jazz era has come to this point mm-hmm. especially when you look at how early in donovan mitchell's career him and the jazz eliminated the thunder with russ and paul george that was a, that was a great team as well to be honest that was one of my, of course, my personal. Of course, of course no, you're gonna say that. One of, of my personal favorite no, OKC it. Thunder teams. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they were eliminated by a rookie Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he was insane. He was yeah. such. He was such an offensive dynamo in those first. And Absolutely, he, he still is. Yeah. He still is, but it's just not as pronounced anymore. Yeah, and add into that the playoff success. I mean, not the playoffs, not necessarily the playoff success, but the regular season success mm-hmm. that the Utah Jazz have had since then. Yeah, they've c- consistently been one of the top teams in the West. Yeah. And now it's all falling apart, and it's now they're losing both Gobert. It's not surprising, and, and I feel I feel like you could have seen this coming after after that playoff series, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's pl- let's get let's play into hypotheticals here. Where do you guys see Donovan Mitchell being next season? What what color jersey do you do you think he'd look best in, honestly? Other than purple and gold, <laughs> <laughs> I I think the. The best spot for him would be the New York Knicks, who are desperate for a superstar. Julius Randle is not that guy, so they're they're looking for someone. And I think Donovan Mitchell fits the bill for them. He doesn't fit the team, he fits the bill, because they have Brunson, who is also a scoring first, zero defense guy. <laughs> and com- adding Donovan Mitchell alongside that is not at all complimentary, but he's... He's the superstar they need, and I think like for him, I th- he's a guy who I feel like is a person who wants to be the first option every- anywhere he goes, and I think that's why the Knicks would make sense because they also have a lot of draft picks. They have seven over the next three years, yeah, and the Utah Jazz would be dying to get some th- some of those picks. Yeah, it's not like the Knicks are good at drafting anyways, right? Like, Might as well just no. give them to someone else. Yeah, and when they do draft well. They trade it away, yeah. so we yeah, might as well do it beforehand, right? Yeah. Yeah, but but let's say that Donovan Mitchell does end up on the Knicks. What 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 are they gonna do? Where are they gonna? How far are they gonna get? Yeah, they don't look like. A I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah, depending depending on the package, depending on the package, you get Brunson, Donovan Mitchell. I get. Do you have to trade away Barrett in something like this? Like I know that you've written down a scenario, but in your scenario, are you trading away R.J. Barrett? No way. No way can you trade away R.J. Barrett. I think he's. The guy for them, <coughs> even though I know he's probably their most valuable asset. I think you they have other younger guys. They have Obi Toppin and Cam Reddish. But I'm, if I'm Danny Ainge, why why would I say anything less? Why would I say yes to that's, anything that's other than point. that's other than point. R.J. Barrett, dude? This is Donovan Mitchell. Because they're still a team that's trying to tank, and R.J. Barrett can still get you some wins. Obi Toppin and Cam Reddish aren't going to get you wins right now. They may in a few years. Yeah, but you don't go into negotiations saying, like, oh, I'm trying to tank. Like, 
dude, like, I'm still going to try to go get your best player. Like, I'm still going to go try to get your best young player. This is your best asset. And me, if I'm Danny Ainge, if I'm giving you my best asset, especially one as talented as Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we just saw the package for Rudy Gobert. Five first-round picks. Like, four... Dude, Jared Vanderbilt's, like, one of the more solid young players in the... Or was one of the more solid young players on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, you think that he's really not going to ask for R.J. Barrett in a deal back like that? He and could, R.J.'s been underperforming, too. He can ask for it. He's not going to get it. I think that's what matters to them. And the Knicks have the good picks as well. They have Detroit's pick next year. They have the Wizards' picks next year. Those are two bum teams, and they're going to be in the lottery. Those are two picks that the Jazz would love to have. Mm -hmm. They also have their own picks, and the Knicks aren't really a playoff team. They can convince themselves they are, but that's... Three lottery uh, picks in the next couple of years with a stacked draft class incoming. I don't see why they cannot come to a successful negotiation, even if it's without RJ Barrett. I, I think with I think with Mitch and Brunson, they can definitely make the playoffs in the East. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if, I won't if say you they'll are, if you make are it past the first Barrett round or, say, or anything like that. But I think they'll make the playoffs at the very least. Yeah, I mean, look, and if if you are keeping Barrett, which I actually do agree with you, those are really good first round picks. I think that Ainge is probably still gonna want to hold on to Donovan Mitchell for a player like R.J. Barrett, regardless, just because, I mean, that's who Ainge is. This guy's one of the most like shrewd businessmen out there. Um, but I don't know. If the core is Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, then Mitchell Robinson, how far do you see that going? Like, how much success do you see that that, that team having, really? Uh, I, I'm not sure if they're going to go deep in the playoffs, but they could probably make the postseason with that team. Sweet. Maybe their floor is probably play-in team, but, yeah, they, they're probably not going to go far in the playoffs. So. Yeah, okay, what? So they're not beating Milwaukee. No. We can agree on that, right? Yeah, They're not well, yeah, beating Milwaukee. They're not beating Boston. Nope. No. Philly? No. Nope. Miami? No. Nope. Toronto? Nah. Nah. Not oh, even, yo, not I, even, I love these guys, Toronto, man. man. I love not these guys. Toronto, I love no. these guys. Good, good, good. Uh, Cleveland? Honestly, I oh, don't Cleveland. think so. Yeah, Chicago? I think, I think Cleveland. Cleveland's no. a good team. Atlanta? Oh, Eastern Conference finalists. See, this, is, this is the thing. This is why, that's why I can't see Okay, them. relax. That's I, two years ago. Come on. That I can't even see them getting yeah, past they, the they, first they, round, the Knicks. I don't know if I see them. Okay, no. If they have I Donovan, let's playoffs. be honest. No, no. If they have Donovan Mitchell, I think that they are. I think they're better than Atlanta at the that Hawks point. I mean, you got, you got, you, they just the got, got Dejounte Murray. Yeah, so with the Knicks in this case, bro, the Knicks would just. The Knicks offseason has been pretty solid, right? Like, you're getting Jalen Brunson, you're getting Donovan Mitchell. Like, why, how is that not a better backcourt than what the Hawks have? The Hawks, I still think, have a better depth than the Knicks. Mm, yeah. The the Knicks, true. at best, have one good guy off the bench. Like, uh, this is a... Yeah, I like quickly. Yeah. Yo, 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 don't worry. They'll, they'll, they'll get Carmelo on a one game. <laughs> Plus, I think Atlanta, with their backcourt, it's more it's more balanced. Okay, like yeah. Like, you got, you got an offensive guy in Trey Young. Then you got... Uh, Defensive all-around player and Jean yeah. Murray, yeah. I I do agree. I really like that pairing. Uh, I'm not gonna get right into it right now. I think I tweeted about it, so make sure you yep, just check that out. That. Obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, like we said earlier, Danny Ainge is a hell of a businessman, right? Absolutely. This guy fleeced. Yeah. I think I think most of us are on the train that. They fleeced the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know Absolutely. that. I know that some people are taking the other side of the coin right now for some reason, which I think is 
pretty interesting. I know Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer has been trying to really ride. The guy's a Rudy Gobert truther to the last like, yep. fiber yeah. of his being. He's like really trying to convince himself that the Timberwolves are going to find success with a Rudy Gobert cat front court, which I just can't. I, I can't see it. I can't, I can't see it. I don't think they have the defense. Um, and not just that. I, it's, it's the trade package that yeah. you send for Rudy Gobert. It's too much. Five, it's, it's an all-time NBA package yeah. for a trade. So, we ha- yeah, we just haven't seen a, trades like that often. As from a player of Rudy Gobert's caliber. Yeah, which is just, like, that's third-team All-NBA. I mean, give me a break. Um, so do we think that the Donovan Mitchell trade package is going to be bigger than the Rudy Gobert trade package? I don't think so. No. Like, I, I, I think teams around the league have seen that that was a big overpay, and I think they tri- will try to be smarter with negotiations with the Jazz. And there's no way they're going to fleece a team again like that. Like, the closest they could come is with the Knicks, who aren't the smartest front office. And maybe the best they could get is, like, four first, I feel. Or, like, three and a swap. But I, they'd be foolish to ex- expect a similar package. So, Mike, you brought up a really interesting trade package. This was off-air. Um, yeah. Earlier, he mentioned to me the Memphis Grizzlies. Could, do you want to expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, the Grizzlies, they're obviously came number two in the Western Conference, uh, made the conference semifinals. You know, they, they might want to upgrade their backcourt if, if it's getting a guy like Donovan Mitchell. This is a superstar league. Mitchell's not quite the superstar, but... He's on the cusp of that, and I think he'd, he'd be a good pairing with John Moran in the backcourt. Why do you think that is? So I argued with you earlier that there's sort of a redundancy there, right? Like, I feel like both of their games are somewhat similar. They're both score-first guards, obviously, that function more working their way inside with their athleticism rather than their shooting. I know John Morant has improved his shooting in the past, and Donovan Mitchell isn't, let us he's not a bad shooter by any stretch of the imagination, but there is more of a focus on breaking double teams, getting past your defender with ice, with like strong dribbling and just pure athleticism. How do you think that those two would actually work together in that backcourt? I think this talk about redundancy is kind of overrated. You know, it's a 48-minute game. You can have guys who can do the same thing throughout the course of 48 minutes. Yeah, tell that to LeBron and Russ. <laughs> That's a totally different scenario. Well, that, that, that's completely different. Yeah. That's <laughs> not comparable. Completely different. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I think, you know, if the Boston Celtics were able to make it work with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. they went to the finals. Yeah, they lost in the finals. But at least, you know, build around that structure. You know, when you get, when you get that structure. Memphis isn't really a free agency destination. If they can land a player of Mitchell's caliber, I think, they could go for it. And that, that's a good point, I think, a comparison to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Because for years, we've had people doubting them. You know what I mean? They've been, one of them has constantly been on the trade block, I guess. Yeah, one of them has always just been there. They always yeah. said split them up, right? Yeah, exactly. Everybody wanted to split them up. But hey, they made it to the finals just, just then. And they lost, and then they needed to get a point guard, so they got Brogdon. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah that, they, and they could fit. And the thing is, they're both young. If you get John Morant and Donovan Mitchell, another young duo young super athletic duo i like personally i don't love the fit mm-hmm. but i think you i think there could be something there we'll just see how they grow as players individually and like what boston did you know they worked around it memphis they're still young 
they could still, you know, work around the edges, but build that foundation if ever they get Mitchell to pair with Morant. Okay. And what do you think they trade for Mitchell? I think it'll have to be Desmond Bain. Yeah. Because he, he's going to be, Mitchell's going to be taking over Bain's spot. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the two-guard spot. You're going to lose a lot of shooting. I love Bain as a shooter. I think that he's like one of the best kickout options uh, in the league, one of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the league, and he's been a solid complementary tool to John Morant. You just hope that Donovan Mitchell, because of you know how strong he is, and obviously he's a better player than Desmond Bain, you hope that he can make up for that, yeah, make up for that lack of shooting, right? It's either Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. So it's choosing between, like like you said, shooting or that defensive anchor. Yeah, and like Triple J's shooting is like nothing to scoff at, right? The only issue is that he's just pretty much injured all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be out until like December this year, yeah, something yeah. like that, which is heartbreaking. I love that guy. I think he's one of he's got one of the highest ceilings in the league. Uh, so I think the Memphis Grizzly fit could be pretty interesting. Let's get yep. into some other news really quickly. Uh, we're not going to touch on these for too long, but Joel Embiid just received his French citizenship. I, this, is, this story might have flown under the radar for a few people, but it's honestly pretty pretty weird. He just received French French citizenship, which would essentially allow him to play for the French national team at the Olympics or like during any, any international competition. Uh, so that creates a front court of Joel Embiid, our boy Rudy Gobert, um, and Victor Wembanyama. What do we think about that front court? Like, how would how would how would that work together? Any ideas on three seven footers on a single team? <laughs> I think that's a wonky trio to work <laughs> with, but it's also going to be super fun to see how it works out because France are no joke. They were top yeah. three in the world without a guy like Joel Embiid and adding a MVP caliber guy to the team is going to be insane and especially because the best team in the world that is the USA do not have a big man that could counter Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert and Victor Wembanyama all together yeah they got Chet Holmgren <laughs> like i said like i said they don't have someone so wow i think it's going to be fun although i've read a lot from cameroonian fans who are disappointed because him and siakam alone could be a great combo to watch and also they definitely do well in the Olympics. But it's sad that he didn't buy into the whole idea their duo. He hasn't played a single game for Cameroon. I find it really funny that you say him and Siakam alone, like Christian Coloco isn't part of that team. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to be doing, bro. That's the next Raptors superstar right there. Yo, like, I can't wait to see Christian Coloco in the paint against Joel Embiid blocking this fool, sending him back to Philadelphia, being like, hey, bro, I wouldn't have to do this at the, at the Olympics either. We could be on the same team. We could be doing this at practice. But instead, That'll be nice. here you are, being a bum. Yeah, there's no way they're playing each other unless it's like a friendly game. Cameroon's doing nothing without Joel Embiid. Whoa. I, I've never heard this in my Whoa. life. I've never heard this in my life. That's the best African team out there. Please put some <laughs> respect on Pascal Siakam. He but, could bring yeah. them there alone. If Luca could do it with Slovenia, Pascal could do it with Cameroon. I mean, Pascal could only get better, to be honest. So, <laughs> no no way are we comparing Luca no, and no, no, Pascal. No, no. <laughs> I hate it here. 
<laughs> You're right. No, that's kind of wild. Yeah, so the rest of that French team is also pretty stacked. Eh? So they've got like... Uh, Evan Fournier? <laughs> Evan Fournier. Nick He's kind of nice. Yo, yo, nice. it's okay. Nick Legend? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he just he, he couldn't handle he couldn't handle New York media. I don't blame him. Was he, was he the guy talking smack with KD hey, on Twitter? Come on, man. What? Was he? Was he? I don't was know. Was he? That was pretty funny though. I don't know. He's 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 a weird guy. He always tells people not to look up his last name online, so make sure not to do that. Uh, so oh. there's Evan <laughs> Fournier. There's my boy, uh, Killian Hayes. I love Killian Hayes. Bust. Uh. Um, <laughs> Come on, man. Diego's boy Theo Maladon. I love Theo uh, Maladon. Frankie Smokes, Frank Nidalekina, Usman Jang. There's a lot of there's another a lot thunder of, there's legend. A lot of thunder players. Another on this. thunder legend. This baby. is insane. Uh, Timothy Luau Cabro. Ooh, former thunder legend. It's honestly, right there. Honestly, it's. A <laughs> <laughs> you just get everyone. Every yeah. single bad international <laughs> player just ends up on, on the thunder <laughs> for some reason, eh? That's insane. Uh, Nicholas Batum might also be there. So do you think it's fair for him to get, like, a new citizenship and just change international teams to, like, you know, qualify for the Olympics? I don't know about fair, but, I mean, you add Joel Embiid to any team, really, and it's going to have such a big impact on that team. Because who can who in the world can guard Joel Embiid? Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Unnecessarily bring up Chet Holmgren. That's Holmgren's my boy. Crazy. I'm the biggest truth. Like like I love Chet Holmgren. I'm a truth. That's my guy. Of course. No, that's, he's my favorite player. That's OKC's new franchise player. Yeah. Okay, so there were also some rule changes that happened in the NBA. Shams Trania of The Athletic, we all Shams, uh, he brought it up. First, there's the implementation of the transition take rule. Uh, Aaron, you can best explain that for us, right? Yeah, so so basically to describe it, it's it's the intentional foul that teams do to deprive the other team of an of a, of a fast break opportunity. The Lakers are notorious for that because their old team couldn't compete with the younger league. So I've seen that too much for my liking, but um, that's that's how that's the intentional foul. And I'm glad that the rule is finally brought into place. I hope, like the last rule that they introduced for uh, the shooting offensive fouls, which was only enforced for the first few months, I hope this is still consistent and they keep it because this is going to be huge for the game, yeah. for fast-break teams like the Raptors. Of course. Yeah, this is an entertainment thing too, yeah. right? Like yeah. who doesn't yeah. want to see a game with more fast-break dunks, with more players like hitting windmills mid-game right that's this is what we're watching it's entertainment it's fun yep. we're here for a good time this is just more of that right yeah i'm so glad that this is happening and I, i'm sure most of us can agree that that this has been one of the most annoying things to watch in nba basketball and yeah, no one wants to watch free throws yeah yeah same with those guys you know i just hope as aaron said it just it doesn't last like a couple months yeah. similar to what happened yeah. last year like can see you guys Trey Young James Harden yeah no way no Fishing way but, uh, I, <laughs> like this is a lot more <laughs> obvious what the foul is right like it's just yeah. I, I I think this feels like something a lot more concrete I'm definitely looking forward to it uh, while we're on the topic of fun in the regular season I wanted to mention that there's also a, a potential rule change to implement a regular season tournament in the NBA, so this would be with all 30 teams, um, but then it would move into a eight-team single elimination uh, tournament. What do you guys think of that sort of idea? What do you guys think of 
making the regular season more watchable, I guess, with a in-season tournament. I hate it. I can't stand it. It's People have been complaining about the amount of games already and you add a tournament? That's so stupid. Well, I think that, that, that it would likely decrease the amount of games and something like that. Like, let's say the season goes down to 72 games like it was in the, what, post-COVID year? Yeah, yeah. 2021. Or in 2021. Let's say it goes down to 72 games and they implement an in-season tournament. Now, we don't know what the prize or the consequence of the tournament is yet, but would that make it more, would that make the regular season more interesting, you think? Maybe, but it also increases the injury risk, right? Because if it's a tournament and there's a trophy at stake, you'll ex- you'll expect players to go hard, and when they do that, that's when they get injured. So if you get players injured in a meaningless tournament during the season and you don't have them for the playoffs, which actually matter, I yeah, don't think like, that makes sense. Like, what good is this tournament for if you have the playoffs and the real NBA championship? Yeah, but don't you yeah. expect your How? players to go hard in the regular season regardless? Like, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. like, what's the difference between like an in-season tournament and like a regular season game? Like, the players still going to be playing just as hard as they would regardless. So, what's the need for the tournament? Yeah, extra little prize money. Maybe you get more money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it really depends on what what incentive the players are getting because. Yeah. You know, these players care about winning. If they're not getting anything that's, you know, like that could improve their chances of getting the ultimate goal. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, most of these players want that championship. And this is not going to be of equal value to an NBA championship. What if what obviously. if they added like draft compensation or something like that? Like a t- the team that wins it gets like a second, like an extra second round pick or yeah, like the pick at the end of the first round or something like that. An extra first round pick at the end of the first round. That's wild. Why? Sure. Why is that wild? I mean, are the players going to be interested in that? Like, well, the front offices, but. I mean, if you want to win a championship, yeah. you should still try to get like as yeah. many good players on your team as possible, and the draft is one way to build through that. That's you can also point. use that pick to like what trade to other teams. Yeah. And get like another superstar. Wouldn't that? Isn't that kind I of? Feel, a, yeah, I feel like that would at least motivate the players mm-hmm. a lot more than anything else. What if it was money? What if it was like a couple like extra mil for every single player on the roster? Some of the young guys on that team who aren't making that much money could really use like an extra one or two mil, right? Yeah, but that's not gonna apply to everybody else. Some yeah, yeah but you like play for your team, don't you? Yeah, it's like are you, like, are you really gonna like look at a guy like Derek Favors and be like, oh, I'm just gonna sit out this this bum tournament because I don't <laughs> want I don't want Jalen Williams to get an extra mil. Yeah, of course not. Right. That's a lot of money to just be handing out for a tournament, though. Like, um, um, just a million. Like, some of the second-round players don't even get that much. How do you think they're just randomly going to get that for a tournament? Well, I mean, it's a good incentive to win. That's yeah, all that's it is. True. Play hard. Maybe get an extra mil on your contract. Lucky guy. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting, for sure, yeah. to say yeah. the yeah. least. 100%. Yeah, and yeah, I think, like, the first few years is, like, you're going to see what's going to happen. Maybe down the line, like, it's going to turn into, like, the best players aren't even going to play in the tournament. Yeah. Do you see, I think like I'm, not, I'm yeah. not opposed to the idea right now. We could They could test it mm-hmm. for a it's couple just years. About, it's so. just about selling it to the players, yeah, right? That's, that's yeah, that's pretty much the most important part here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the best players don't play, it's going to what? It's going to be like a summer league championship all over again. Yeah, yeah we don't need another that, Mickey Mouse. Going to be Mickey Mouse tournament. You're right. Yeah, we don't want those bubble, those bubble <laughs> championships, bro. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> Mickey stuff. Uh, so, lastly, uh, speaking of the bubble, that was the first year that the plan was implemented. 
so I wanted to ask you guys, how do you guys feel is, I mean, the play-in is now a per permanent implementation into the NBA calendar. How do you guys feel about the play-in as a whole? Do you think it's good for the NBA? Do you think it's good for curbing tanking? How do how, how are we like in the play-in now that it's a permanent fixture in the playoffs? I don't I don't know. I just don't like it from a competitive standpoint, to be honest. Because I feel no, it's, it hear me out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just because like for the nine and ten seeds, and you compare them to the seven eight seeds, sometimes there's like a big big enough difference. And just how win. good those teams are, but it's a one-game elimination. That's my point. Any team can win in one game. It's the NBA. That's why then I. Then you have another game to try and then you win the next one. Yeah, but that's it. That's all you've got. You got two it's games to win. But no, I, I yeah. give you a break. Yeah. If you can't win no, two but games, but if you make it a best two out of three series, in the playing tournament, that yeah. would definitely help. Well, then See, I'm all for that. That's more games, like. Maybe players can complain about that. That's true, yeah, but, but was there it's that more, big I feel like it's more fair but to, was the, there that to the big seven and eight seeds between the LA Clippers and the New Orleans Pelicans this like this past season with a healthy Paul, Paul George. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have a healthy Paul. I mean, yeah, he, well, had they, COVID, they had, he had COVID. He fine. was there for one of the playing games. Yeah, and they lost they got, it. Yeah, they lost it to the Timberwolves. Yeah, but again, that's because one any game. Any team can win. Dude, any the NBA Pels game. took the freaking Phoenix Suns to six. That's the thing. I mean, I'm, I don't doubt that the playing tournament creates amazing basketball. Mm -hmm. We all saw it, like just last season. You know, Patrick Beverly and the Wolves had their <laughs> play in championship. Legendary. Oh yeah, moment. WWE moment. Yeah, huge. Absolutely legendary, iconic in NBA history. From oh, now on, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, Minnesota Heritage moment. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. The playing championship, that's theirs. That's Patrick Beverly's. They should be proud of it. Absolutely. See, yeah. I, I love that. As a fan, I love that. It's great. But just from a competitive standpoint, I don't know if it should be a permanent thing. Yeah, I mean, playing tournament, posing with Diego saying, I think it's great for, great for the league. The format isn't too good right now for me. I think, I think there should be a little bit of tweaks, like, for example, what you said, the cl the the Pelicans and Clippers were quite a few games back. I think you, like you said, incorporate incorporate the the format during the bubble. Like you had to be a couple of games back in order yeah. to qualify mm -hmm, for, sure. for the tournament. Okay, that's fair. Honestly, that's that's a decent point. Uh, but what I think is that the NBA has never been more competitive than it is right now. I think there are legitimately. 12 teams in both conferences that can see themselves making the NBA playoffs and maybe more than that right there's only a few teams in every in each conference that I really see just being absolute garbage right there's the, the San Antonio Spurs there's the Washington Wizards probably think they're contending I think they stink Charlotte Hornets I think stink um okay see oh. OKC, OKC, OKC. Okay. No, OKC is like the most fun team in the league. The Lakers? Oh, uh, yeah, the Lakers. Really the Lakers, obviously. Um, yeah, being fun doesn't mean you can't stink. They're going to be fun. Okay, they're not going to stink. Yeah, 24 games, 25 <laughs> games is their ceiling. No, stinking is last season. We're not going to be that bad. Y'all won 24 You'll be games worse, last and then Shay will be on yeah. Toronto. Um, it's not. But yeah, I so I, I think that the play-in has essentially made more teams want to just taste the playoffs I, I, I agree with that one at least. like yeah. people are people are seeing how important just being in the playoffs is right i don't think that if the pelicans went 
to the playoffs this season, Zion would have resigned. I know that there's the whole, you know, oh, those rumors were never really legit. Like, Zion's out there basically clearing his name despite the clear tension that existed between the Pelicans and Zion. Yeah. Um, I don't think that he would still be on this team. I don't think he would have re-signed or signed the contract, it's the rookie max extension, if it wasn't for the Pelicans making the playoffs. Yeah. And a lot of teams are realizing that. The Grizz, the year before that, I don't think that they're the two seed this year if it's not for them making the playoffs through the play-in the year prior. More teams are trying to compete. They understand the value of being there and getting your guys reps. Right, so isn't it more important to the competitive integrity of the league to have more teams competing for those nine and ten seeds? No, that's a, that's a, that's a really good point. To be honest, it's it's really just the format I have a problem with. Yeah, that's all. Like yeah, the, like having the play in tournament to help these teams want to win more, want to compete, want to get into the playoffs. It's great. It's great for the game. It's great for the league. It's great for the fans, yeah. players, everybody, really. Yeah, but yeah, like just fix the format, and I think that you know, especially the seven and eight seeds, they will have a lot less of a problem with it. Because as a fan of a team who has the seven or eight seed and not being able to go into the playoffs right away after already securing those seeds, someone's getting fired, bro. If yeah. that happens, someone's getting freaking fired every single time. Yeah. Yeah. And any tournament that. Gives the Kings a potential chance to be in the playoffs. Man. Just let, <laughs> let them have it. I'm so ready. Let for them it. have it. I'm I mean, so ready. Remember when LeBron said that whoever came up with a play-in play tournament idea should get fired? This guy. This guy. This guy <laughs> should be praying to make a play-in spot. <laughs> Bum team, man. All right. Uh, we're gonna take a quick little break, and then we come back. And then when we come back at you, we're gonna be talking some summer league. And we are back. So, like I said before the break, Summer League is upon us. The Rookie Showcase, one of the best times of the year, one of my favorites. Uh, it's always awesome to see rookies ball out right after being drafted. Also great to see all my takes uh, be confirmed because, I mean, I'm never wrong. Uh, except for when I said Jabari would go number one. Uh, we don't talk about Ooh, that. As it stands, I don't know. I was right on a couple other things. It was pretty. It's been. It's been cool. I've been super right about Keegan Murray. He's been that guy in summer league. Uh, the stock that I bought in him uh, yeah. right before the March Madness tournament is just paying dividends right now. I'm balling. I don't know who y'all are, uh, but we'll get more into rookies later. Of course, uh, they've been dug into a ton already. You know, everyone wants to talk about rookies, but we thought we'd give some time to the second and third year players getting some reps in the summer league this year. So, Mike Cruz, it's really hard to give you a hard time specifically just because you're the resident Warriors fan. Um, all you know is success. I hate it. All he knows is like putting rings on his fingers. This guy's, this guy's just had it too good for too long. Um, but this is honestly one of the best times of the year because nothing is set in stone yet. The Warriors, like, yeah, they just won, but... We don't, we don't, we don't think about that anymore. We're on to the next season. Warriors nope. are, who cares? Who back cares? They're reigning nope. champions, but they're not the current. You know, we're good. We're playing for the next championship. The Warriors, for once, missed on something. We did it, guys. 
James Wiseman is a bust. <laughs> it's tough, man. James Wiseman is a bust. Uh, yeah, he scored 11 in the in the game against the Spurs. So this was his first game of summer league. Okay. First time he played since what, like, his rookie season. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. yeah so March. he scored he scored 11 in that game against the Spurs in 19 minutes, and he had seven personal fouls uh, and three turnovers. In the second game of summer league against the Celtics. So you gotta you gotta you gotta beat the Celtics, right? You gotta do well against the Celtics. These are the guys you just mm-hmm. faced in the in the finals. Yeah, he didn't play well. He had five fouls in twenty minutes and only had six points. So is James Wiseman a bust, guys? Or is you know Steph Curry going to be right in the end in saying that James Wiseman is a future MVP Come on, man. <laughs> on the Warriors? Give him a break, man. Like he hasn't he hasn't played for over a year. Like, yeah, I, I'm I sure do. the stats don't look good, but if you watch the game, he, he's been much better defensively. Mm. Like, he's been uh, in the right spots. You know, all, 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 all Golden State needs him to be is to be a big body on the floor. And so far, he's shown that in some relief. But so when's far. he going to stay on the floor if he's getting freaking seven fouls in 19 minutes? Dude, like, I, I don't know how you can say he's been great defensively if you're going to foul out. And, like, in the first five minutes of that first game, he didn't have a single foul. So in 14 minutes, he had five, he had seven fouls. He's lucky that there's 10 to get kicked out of a game in the summer league. But like he's going for the record, bro. I swear. Um, in, well, I mean, in, in defense of James Wiseman, like it's unfair to be calling him a bust at this point in his career. Like he just he just missed a whole season, basically. Yeah. That's like his first game back. We can't really be quick to jump the gun and call him a bust. You know what I'm saying? You gotta give him time. But it's not like he was playing some elite competition. He was playing other rookies yeah, and washed players in the from the league. And he, if he can't wow. even stay on the floor, it's not like we're expecting wow. him to drop on, 20 and 10. He, he can't even stay on the floor. That's bust potential. Yeah. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's going to be an MVP like Steph said, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, th- I see the potential is there. This is just the beginning of, you know, his return. But here's the thing. I think... Playing with guys like Steph, Draymond, and Clay are going to help him so much because he's playing with like fellow rookies, fellow young guys. You know, communication is important. I think that's going to help him eventually when the regular season comes. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like you say that, but I mean, Kaminga's playing well. Moses Moody is playing well. I think that when it comes to summer league, when you're a more established player in the league, when you've actually had touches. In the NBA, you should be showing out better than rookies. Yeah, but right? the thing is, yeah, I, I don't think Kuminga is playing, playing yeah, well either. Though. Yeah, one second, dude. Come on, Kuminga scored twenty nine oh, yesterday. Yeah, and uh, check his check his shooting percentages. Fifty percent. Yeah, yeah he's nice. not a three point shooter. He's We've known this. He's not a three point shooter. He's a cutter, and he's gonna excel on the glass, finishing at the rim. He's, he's averaging fifty percent from there. He's averaging ten free throw attempts in three games. He's shooting. 40%. I'm not going to... So what? Yo, LeBron can't hit free throws either. That bad? It's fine. I'm not going to judge a player's free throw percentage. Yeah, in s- like That's not what I'm going to base a player's skill off of. I can still yeah, see no, that he scored fair. 29 points and didn't foul out. And, he, this, is, and he, this is summer league, man. He shot s- close to 70% from the free throw line last season. Who, Kuminga? Yeah. Yeah, fine. Then he'll have... I think that's the thing. I still think Kuminga's good. I think that the success that he's showing here is what you should expect from a second-year player within Summer League. I understand that James Wiseman hasn't played, but when are we going to see this guy well, play? That's he such, didn't, a, that's such he didn't, a big factor. He didn't, he didn't play at Memphis. 
he played for what half the season in his first year he didn't play the entire second year and now in third year he's just looking bad in summer league so like i understand that you need the reps but when is this guy gonna get those reps he didn't get them in college that's the thing we'll see it we'll see it as more games happen he's one of the guys in summer league right now that i have to keep an eye on because he has that potential to be a really good player plus you know the summer league really isn't like for me a good barometer because everyone <coughs> wants to get their food like he's playing with a guy like mac mcclung who's got yeah. the ball in his hands like 48 minutes of the time okay this guy's the biggest mac <laughs> mcclung hater i have ever seen for someone who's been doing really well for his own summer league team i know that if this was happening on the lakers summer league team Aaron would be losing his mind right now, but I think that's just like the difference in like the level-headedness between, I guess, a Warriors fan and a Lakers fan, right? Who knows? So Mac McClung, I want to dig into that a little bit. I think it's pretty interesting that we have one of the bigger Mac McClung haters here, and he's a supporter of the team that he's playing for. Why? What's what's, what's your beef with him, man? Come on. Well, I think I think he's not like an NBA caliber guy. Like he's not going to be someone that Steve Steve Kerr is going to be playing as much because mm. he's not a, he, he's not a steve kerr guy he doesn't play within the system yeah sure he, he he's getting the highlight layups but yeah i don't i don't think he's gonna translate well into the nba okay aaron what do you think about mac i think that's because in the summer league he's clearly the best player on the team so he has to do whatever it takes to score and he's doing that he's sh- he's also a good shooter he's, he's shooting 66 percent right now from three, and isn't that the whole warrior system? Just That's put like him in the spots. He three can shoot. James, man. Oh, did you say best player on the team? With Moses Moody? James. Uh, L- let me repeat uh, that. <laughs> let me repeat that. <laughs> Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> yeah. Mac McClellan wow. is looking like the best player on the Warriors Summer League team. Looking like. Yeah. Dude, Warriors Twitter kind of hates that guy. That's, well, that's, I mean, that's sad to see, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, that does kind of scare me. I feel like Warriors, maybe I, I haven't gone on Warriors Twitter too much. I'm kind of yeah. scared of it. Um, <laughs> it's just like like they've just had too much winning. I think all their heads are just too big. So I don't I don't know I don't know if I can hop on Warriors no, Twitter and, and confirm and confirm these things. I don't want to see it ever. Yeah, it's too much. No. It's too much. I prefer <laughs> I, I prefer Raptors Twitter. Yo, we're I having like, fun I with like our Thunder delusion. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. Um, so yeah, so Kuminga Moses. Moses Moody dropped like 34 with like 15 free throws one time like earlier in summer league. Jonathan Kaminga has had a couple big summer league games. Mac McClung has had a couple big summer league games. Uh, Wiseman again. I'm not hoping he's a bust. I know I'm saying he's a bust, but that's just because it's what I've predicted in the past, and I like being right. Um, <laughs> but do you think that all of these players that are on this Warriors Summer League roster, all of these rookies, all of these second-year guys, they're essentially potential picks, right? They're luxury picks for a team that's consistently winning the championship. Do you see them as assets that they're going to continue to develop within the Warriors system, or do you see them more as trade assets to package for someone like a Kevin Durant? Don't say it. I'm going to say it. I have to. <laughs> I have to say it. I have to say it. I personally think I, I don't th- see them dealing for Durant. I think the owner Joe Lacob pretty much sold on the young guys. You know, it's it's just a matter of developing. You've seen what they've done with Jordan Poole. 
Moody's got something going as well. Kuminga's shown something during his rookie season, and hopefully Wiseman translates well. I love the young guys on the Warriors, man, especially Jordan Poole. That guy is so fun to watch, and what he did like this past season, just incredible. Yeah. So, so you don't think that any of these young guys are going to get dealt? You think that the team remains the same, that they continue to develop guys like Kuminga, guys like Moody, that they're not going to make a package deal for, let's not even say Kevin Durant. Let's just say Pascal Siakam. There's no way. OG and an OG. Not even. Really? Not why? even. Why? 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 Why do you see them like developing like young players rather than going for potentially like back to back or like a three P championship here? I think that if they got a guy like OG Ananobi, I mean they're probably already what top three in the West, regardless. Yeah, but w- w- but like, if you get a guy like that who's like a higher level role player than anyone else that they have, like isn't that something you kind of want to continue think, to I contend? Think, I think the Warriors front office is sold on you know like getting that bridge together between the old heads mm-hmm. and the new guys. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we kind of saw it work yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Steph obviously carrying. Then you see a guy like Jordan Poole developing into the player he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These guys are only going to get better. Like, I think Moses Moody's ready to take a huge jump this season. Kaminga as well. I think Moody is more, more ready yeah. to take the jump. More versatile. Yeah. 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 I can't even hate on it to be honest. Like I really respect that. Um but I th- I think that the only potential you would have in trading those young guys I think I mean I think it would be good because you know you have s- you still have Steph, Clay and Draymond. You have that main core, that main trio. And we don't know how much longer they're going to be great for. Which you know is why I mean? they can't trade them. That's that's how they build their previous core, right? By drafting them, by developing them, which is why they will hold on to yeah, these young the, guys let's say they they'll have develop like a, them and form the next core. Let's say they have like a three more years of contending. Why not get better right away and make the odds of winning a championship even higher by trading those young guys? Because the Warriors, unlike other teams in the league, are not desperate to win a title. Yeah, of course it's, not. it's not like but they've been deprived and they have to go all in. They can afford to have these young guys develop while having MVP Steph while having Clay who probably might get better who knows and and a Draymond who's not completely washed yet. Yeah, but with a proven core who's already who's this good and is still continuing to be this freaking good. I I think it's a good option. Like I I mean you can go there's really no wrong to the to both sides. It's a good option but I don't think it's what the Warriors Will yeah, do I, I, I honestly do see them yeah. developing the young guys, though. To be yeah, honest. I think. Yeah, but it's an option. It's I feel an option like they're for sure. Completely sold on. They're, they trust their development plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so in Steph Curry's analogy, where he was essentially saying that, you know, you've got a next All Star in Jordan Poole. Do you think that it's so? We're looking at the next generation of Warriors players playing in summer league right now. So is James Wiseman the next step? Is he the next MVP of the Golden State Warriors? Please stop. <laughs> Please stop. Mike, what do you have to say? Is he? With that, he's a good shooter. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think Wiseman has that, that in him. Okay. I think he's going to be fine, but I think the guy is going to be Jonathan Kaminga for me. Yeah. He's got a lot of upside. You know, we, we saw a lot of flashes on it during his rookie season. And... He's only going to get better. I think 
the thing with him, I think he just he's got a little bit of a like laid back attitude, mm-hmm. like and like he's got like I'm th- I'm the guy kind of attitude. He's such so an athletic freak yeah. too. It's yeah. insane to watch him play. So another big piece or a big piece of drama that came from summer league was the interaction between Cam Thomas, t- Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets, and a sideline reporter after he dropped twenty six. Uh, I'll be on. on albeit on five of 17 shooting with 15 free throws. A sideline reporter mentioned that Nash, from the sidelines, had said that he hopes that Cam Thomas looks for his teammates more. He then rolled his eyes at the mention of Nash. So what do you guys think of that sort of attitude towards head coach, towards his head coach? The audacity of a player who averaged eight points, two rebounds, one, one assist per game on... 43% 43% shooting, 27-something from the three-point line, to roll his eyes at the mention of his Hall of Famer coach. Who are you? You're a sophomore who should be fighting to get into the team, not try to make your coach a villain already. He's, I don't care how bad of a coach they've portrayed Nash to be, he's still a Hall of Famer guy and he's your coach. You you shouldn't be rolling your eyes at him. For a guy who's thriving in the summer league, he still can't shoot. He's shooting 15% from, uh, from three-point line and he's averaging almost 20 attempts. He's stat padding in the summer league and he's happy about that, but he still can't pass. I can't stand that behavior. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, as, an, as a professional athlete, and NBA player, uh, I think you, ha- you have to have a sense of pride and confidence in yourself. But I, I just think it's too far. I agree with Aaron. Like, there's got to be some level of respect you have for a guy like Steve Nash. You know, top 75 all-time, one of the greatest point guards of all time. Solidified his legacy already as one of the greatest point guards of all time. And, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of ridiculous yeah, to, to me. me. To me, he's got he's got to know his place, man. Yeah. Like, sure, you're balling in summer league. You know, you can't disrespect your coach like that. Yeah. Not, not like a Hall of Fame point guard like Steve Nash. Yeah, I mean, like, the there, it's been said in the past that players do tend to tune out their coaches uh, after about five years of their coach being in that system. Cam, bro, you are a second-year player who found no success at LSU, who played hero ball for the entirety of his career, who struggled on the bench... For the Nets, even while Kyrie Irving was out with an injury, you didn't get playing time because you weren't good enough for an NBA court. You've been in a toxic culture within the NBA for the first year of your career. You cannot be going into it in the second year of your career only making it worse, only continuing to sow the seeds of distrust within your locker room, within your organization, If Kyrie is gone from that team, you will most likely be getting extra minutes with the Brooklyn Nets. Why are you going out of your way to tune out your coach and to give your team more attitude and more drama in the locker room? It is a joke. You are a second-year player who hasn't achieved a thing. You will not win Summer League MVP. Dude, You like I don't care if you get a ring for the Summer League. It doesn't matter. You're not that guy. You cannot be tuning out a coach, someone that you're supposed to respect. It's absurd. Okay, so 
Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about free agency, and then we've got a fun little segment at the end of the pod that we're going to get into. But for now, we'll talk about free agency. So free agency has been slow the last week or so. hasn't been the most news as of late. Mm-hmm. No big signings. Um, and part of that is because, well, they're just – aren't that many big names left on the market. But we just thought we'd play a quick game here going over the last or like the best names left in free agency. We put together a list of the top 10 guys left. And I'll ask you guys what team you think they belong on or what team they'll sign with. Uh, Aaron, you, you're not allowed to say the Lakers for <laughs> all of them. Um, so we'll start with <laughs> DeAndre Ayton. Where do, we, where do we see DeAndre Ayton going, guys? Pacers. I, don't, I think there's anything. only one team in the Ayton Sweepstakes and it's the Pacers. Yeah, I, I want to see him with Indiana. Fit. How do we feel yeah. about the fit? I think it's a great fit. I think he's a great PNR guy for Tyrese. And that'll be a fun duo to watch. A fun young duo. Is is the is this Detroit no longer in the, in the sweepstakes? No, I, I don't think they're in the sweepstakes after they drafted Jalen Durant, right? Mm. I think that they kind of figured out what their timeline is and understood that, you know, we just want to build around the young core of Ivy, Cunningham, Durant. Um, I like I like Duran. I think that they'll probably stick with that instead of paying a ton of a ton of money and a ton of draft capital to get DeAndre Ayton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Colin Sexton. I I really want to see him stay in Cleveland, man. The, what I what we saw from Cleveland last season with the chemistry and how surprisingly great they were as a whole, despite not having, like, a superstar player. What him and Garland did and what Kevin Love did as a six-man was just super impressive, and it was one of the best storylines, I feel like, of last season. They looked better with Rubio than Sexton. But still, man, I think that Rubio's. That I think that Rubio's a significantly better fit on the Cavaliers than Colin Sexton, and if they have both of them, then you kind of have to expect that either Rubio or Sexton sits on the bench, and I'm not sure which one that is, but either way, I don't think that it'll best suit the team for them both to be there. And then they also signed Raul Neto over the offseason. They still got Karis LeVert there. I think that their backcourt depth is pretty solidified. I don't really see them paying a lot of money to Colin Sexton, especially coming off of an ACL. Like, they've already got a ton of money on the books. Lori Markkinen's on, like, a four-year for 100. Um like, they're going to have to pay, obviously, Evan Mobley eventually. Yeah. Darius Garland's on a rookie max extension. You just yeah. re-signed Ricky Rubio. You just signed Neto. Right? I don't I don't, I don't, don't see why they would want to pay Sexton at this point. I, 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 I would have kept calling Sexton over Ricky Rubio. Why? They look better with Rubio. Yeah. Like, he's a better playmaker. He's not as good a scorer, but he doesn't have, like, crappy Rubio, efficiency. But Rubio is aging at the same time, you know? Hmm? Rubio is aging at the same time. Yeah, Colin but he's Sexton's a great still really veteran. Young, but he's still a great still veteran better. presence on the Cavaliers. But like, don't you already have Karis Levert for essentially the same role that Colin Sexton could play? Like, Karis Levert's a better scorer too. He's a better like microwave scorer if, uh, is, uh, than than Sexton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I think that the trade for Levert like essentially solidified solidified that they're moving on from Sexton and mm-hmm. they have someone who's maybe better in that role and the latest rumors are actually that Sexton will be traded to the Jazz in a sign and trade for Mike Conley and I'm interested to see how that works out because it's not like they're taking in a ton of money he has one one year of guaranteed money that's 22 million and then after that it's not a guaranteed contract so one year of Mike Conley 
for Colin Sexton who's anyway leaving I don't I don't think that's a bad idea to have some veteran defensive presence in that backcourt that clearly lacks some defense yeah. right now and Colin Sexton could probably command more money on a different team right I don't think that's that the true. Cavaliers should yeah. be paying him that much money just because again they have enough pieces in their backcourt to really contend I don't see them paying him more than what 10 mil and I think that he could probably fetch he, he, twelve. He definitely won more than I that. I think I think that he could fetch twelve to yeah. twelve to like fifteen million yeah. a year, considering the contracts that are being signed in the NBA right now. And he's a good enough player. He's obviously he's still young, like you said. So I think that like it just makes sense for him to move on to a different team, go carve yourself a bigger role because I just don't think that role is going to be there in Cleveland. So next we've got Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder? <laughs> Anyone. Anybody. Uh, yeah, okay. No, uh, no, no, no. Dennis Schroeder, he's not that guy. We're, yeah, we've, we're all, I think we're all consensus. He's been here. on the Thunder. He's he'll, been on the Lakers. He'll be a good tank commander. I could see him on, like, the Utah Jazz as, like, a good tank commander, right? Just leading, leading yeah. the way, him and Jordan Clarkson just tanking. He'll, he'll have some nights where, you know, he'll go off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'll get his touches there. For yeah. sure, because in other teams, I I really don't see him contributing yeah, dude. as a winning player. Go go is. pad your stats. Go get some money, right? Yeah, I think, I think yeah. he's become like the the next Jeff Teague type. Like, yeah, you know, he's he just he's some guy that yeah. like you can have as what your th- second or third uh, combo guard on the team. He's yeah. just really not important anymore, which is too bad. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony. I know we brought it up earlier. Uh, maybe the Knicks. Could be an interesting little fit there. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, a return to the Knicks would actually be kind of nice. I, I think, yeah, that's that uh, after cool. the Lakers gave number seven to Troy Brown. I think it was like Carmelo was not returning after that, and yeah, I think he's way past it. And this has to be a farewell season, and I don't think it works out anywhere else other than the Knicks. Okay, Montrez Harrell. Is he going to get signed? He was supposed to. He was facing a felony charge a felony drug charge yeah yeah and yeah. i think you don't think you don't think he gets a vet minimum somewhere for now i, I think teams are going to stay off until that's until it's sorted out just so yeah. you know how many games he might be away for yeah where do you think he could fit though if he does end up signing somewhere kind of intrigued with golden state <laughs> i don't know man. <laughs> <laughs> we need a big body man so yeah. No, he'd definitely be good. For he, yo, he'd, ah. look, he'd look good catching lobs, catching lobs from <laughs> stuff there. That could be fun. Yo, maybe maybe they could sort him out. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. We're really in oh, the weeds wow. right now, bro. He, yeah. wow. I, I think there's one team that's looking for a veteran guy like him, and it's the Guangdong Southern Tigers. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> wow, bro. Right. Demarcus. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. No, okay. All right. no way. No okay. way, no way, no way. <laughs> was, I hope that was good pronunciation. Um, okay, Demarcus, Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> Demarcus Cousins. I'm, I'm actually sad that the Nuggets did not re-sign him. Oh, I really wanted him to stay with the Nuggets, man. He, he was having a good season, man, and they chose DeAndre Jordan over him. <laughs> what are they, how is DeAndre that's Jordan still making do, money yeah. in this league? I, I, I would much rather have the Marcus yeah. Cousins oh over DeAndre God, Jordan right now. It's shocking. Right now. What does DeAndre Jordan give you? Friendship. Good vibes. Oh, yeah, Friendship. Yeah. Yo, great relationships his, he's the ultimate, with the team. He's got to be the ultimate vibes guy. He's the best teammate the ever. No, he's got to be the best <laughs> vibes guy in the NBA. There's no way. Yeah. He you must know. be so good at a party. I, th- I just find it really funny how he got he got waived from the Lakers right after that horrible, 
horrible pass. <laughs> y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Honestly, yeah. he deserves it. Okay, we're getting into some really... Yo, I just want to say this about DeMarcus. Okay. I don't want to be Homer, but why not a reunion? Come home? Yeah, come on. Yeah, Sacramento, right? No. Yeah, I hope you're not talking about Golden State. I am. I am. Okay. All right. Let's move on. This guy. I should. I should have told Mike Cruz to not mention Golden State oh so much. God, I came right? at the this wrong person. Crazy. I really this came at the ridiculous. wrong person. This is out of I would want. I would want the next one on. He's getting ridiculous. Well. I'm so. I'm so tired. Dude, it's getting Come really on, ridiculous. We're not. We're not bro. signing anyone. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Tristan. We're getting some really crappy names here. Tristan. Oh my God. Bram- Brampton's Yo, finest. For the, for the sake. Tristan Thompson. For the sake of one of my guys mm. here. Mm-hmm. From Brampton, yes, I think I think a Toronto Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. Nah, we don't we name. don't claim them no more, bro. Yo, That's but but real talk, I don't know. It wouldn't be the worst thing ever for the Raptors, you know what? What I mean? to have a backup big? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want. Him, I mean, bro. he's not gonna be the greatest backup big you get, but you know. No, I think ever since does ever, the job. Ever since I saw the video of him in a Bulls warm up, uh, jumper, just. Missing floater after floater <laughs> that, yeah. after floater. I just no. I don't want him. I don't think Toronto. <laughs> I don't think Toronto wants. I don't think the people of Toronto want Tristan Thompson back. You're not, you're not claiming him, bro. We do not claim him. <laughs> he can go to Brampton. He could go play for the 905. I, I think there's one team itching to sign him, and it's the Keeping Up with Kardashians production team. I oh. think. I think he. That's where he brings the most value. I need. I need him back with Chloe. Mm. I need him back with Chloe. Of course. I actually wow. thought you were gonna. Say the Lakers, cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why not br- why not run it back with this boy LeBron? Yeah, I, I mean, see it, I ka- see ka- it, Kyrie, Kyrie incoming. LeBron. Yeah. So why not bring back T. Tom? Go make go make a deal for Caleb too. <laughs> uh, okay, Blake Griffin. Wow. We're gonna go through through these wow, last man. two quick. Yeah. Just give me a team. Just give me a team, please. Let, let, you, let me you. Google <sighs> another Chinese league team. <laughs> <laughs> Be- Beijing Ducks. I c- <laughs> No way, that's their team. Wow, man. bro! I don't believe that. That's the team insane. Jeremy Lin played for. Please, that's a good. It, I do they have nice jerseys? Can you tell me that right now? They do. They, have nice they do have nice light blue jerseys. I oh, actually dig it. Oh, okay, I kind of want to cop that. That's the yeah. coolest team name I've ever heard. Yeah, I need, a Blake Ducks. I need a Blake Ducks. I need a. I need a pecking duck, bro. That's fire. Okay, Jer- <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Lamb, come come home. Okay, honestly, <laughs> come please, Jeremy Lamb, please, come home. Bro. To the Oklahoma City Thunder. Th- that's one guy I wouldn't <laughs> mind on the Lakers. Like, right? I honestly wouldn't yeah, mind him. That's he, the thing. He would be pretty useful. He's not bad yeah. on defense. He's a good shooter. I've I've always liked the guy. Yeah, he's great. Know. He's a great half half court shooter. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Raptors would shooter. know, right? Raptors fans would know. Very yeah, familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to think that our biggest enemy in the last five, as a Raptors fan, the biggest enemies we've had in like the past five years have been. LeBron James number one, and then Jeremy Lamb. I think is yeah. very much an indictment <laughs> on the team, and which the is city. why they should team up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's bring Jeremy Lamb to the Raptors. Yeah, I, I honestly miss Jeremy Lamb and Anthony Morrow on the Thunder. Those are the two oh, shooters. You're making it. up names. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Before we go, before we end the show, <laughs> we have to address this. Andre Iguodala. Um, recently said on the Dan Libertard show that Rashid Wallace will not only be incredibly successful in today's NBA, but would be better than Giannis. So he's, is he speaking facts here guys? Like, um, would you, would you, would you say that Rashid Wallace, a four time all-star that averaged 14.4 points a game, 6.7 boards and 1.8 assists 
is better than a two-time MVP. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm so tired of the Giannis Antetokounmpo disrespect, man. It's getting so out of hand from fellow NBA players even and from the media. We've seen it way too often in the past few years, even after Giannis won the championship and finals MVP and had the performance he had. People still keep keep slandering him for no reason. Okay, so I don't get it. Honestly, though, he does bring up a pretty interesting question. So I wanted to ask you guys, what players from past eras that were pretty understated uh, do you think would be not only total stoop, not only total superstars in this day and age, but would be significantly better than Andre Iguodala? <laughs> Time to give a shout out to my <laughs> boy Rashad Lewis. <laughs> The Seattle Supersonics legend. Orlando Magic legend. <laughs> I actually think he'd be the perfect guy in today's NBA. He was 6'10", playing small forward back in the day. He'd be the perfect stretch four or even stretch five, honestly. To For any team in the league right now, he was leading the league in three-point attempts like over a decade ago. And he could be doing that now. He was... He had everything you need from an offensive maestro. He's He could shoot from outside. He was a deadly mid-range guy. And his post touch is so smooth. I've never seen post moves from a guy like him. Like I, The other guys like Kobe, Michael Jordan, they're, they're celebrated for their post moves. But nobody... I don't know why nobody cares about Rashad Lewis having such a smooth touch in the post. I I would pay money to see him in today's NBA. Yeah, he was he was such a good shooter. He really was ahead of his time. Although a lot of people were comparing his game to Jabari Smith's, uh, especially considering their shooting touches bigger guys. But I think that Shard Lewis was actually able to create his own shot, which would be incredibly successful in today's NBA. He was a solid defender with a good wingspan, able to defend what five through two. He'd be so versatile in this in today's league. So. I definitely agree with you there. Who do you think would be um, Diego? Who do you think would be good? Right off the top of my head, since I was I did spend five years in LA during the time the Lakers won a back to back championship. Um first guy that came to my mind would be Lamar Odom. Um I think he'd be great in this era. I mean he's he's basically a point forward who I can somewhat compare to a guy like Ben Simmons, just like less athletic. No, but he can shoot threes, and he can shoot in general, and I think he'd be great in today's game. It'd be a seamless fit. Yeah, shame he slipped through the cracks, eh? <laughs> that's a, cra- oh that's a crazy oh, thing to say. <laughs> yeah, he never got enough looks at the three-point line, honestly. He was only yeah. taking, like, the most he was taking in a season was only 3.3 a game, and that was with the LA Clippers back in 2001. So maybe he, yeah. if he got more touches, he wasn't shooting at the highest percentage. He was hitting that, like, 30 one percent for his career but yeah you're right he was so good at dishing the ball him working in fast breaks was yeah. absolutely stunning he could grab the rebound and actually feed it strong outlet passes yeah he was a talented guy yeah. for sure mike who do you think would be good in today's nba yeah so first the thought was guys like ray allen reggie miller but those guys are pretty obvious of course yeah they're top 75 yeah. guys but one guy that i found was mahmoud abdurraouf yeah, so he he was a point guard in the 90s. He had elite ball handling skills, 
He had a sweet shooting stroke, and he was one of the first guys that you know, you know really pulled up from thirty. You know, like a previous version of Steph Curry. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think he'd really thrive in this era. Yeah, hundred percent. What a shooter! Super ahead of his yeah. time. Uh, I think that Anton Jameson would be pretty sick in today's NBA. What he's six foot eight. 223 pounds. He's got a solid wingspan, over seven feet. Uh, he's a he was only a two-time All-Star, and I think that his kind of ca- his career kind of went under the radar mostly because he was just such a solid like six man. Uh, but in one of his best years, when he was playing with Washington at age 30 years old, this was in 2006 and 2007, he shot 36.4 percent from three on five attempts a game as a stretch four. Like that's exactly what teams are looking for in today's NBA. Not only that, but he had picked up, he grabbed eight rebounds a game, one point nine, one point nine assists, one point one steals. This guy was all over the place. He absolutely stuffed the stat sheet with the Wizards. He was such a good shooter, super ahead of his time. If he actually got more looks in today's NBA, the amount that he could space the floor in a versatile, high, like quick offense, be absolutely stunning. So that's actually all we've got. For today, you've been listening to the Positionless Pod. Oh, yeah. Actually, Sorry, just, just Diego, Diego has go, something to say real just quick. Just before we finish off, um, I just want to give a big shout-out to one of my boys, one of my homies, one of my childhood friends growing up, Miguel Yamato. You know, I really miss you, man, and I uh, hope to see you and the other guys again sometime soon when I visit the Philippines. So shout-out to you, man. I think we all have to visit the Philippines at this point. Well, we got to we gotta yeah, visit yeah, the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. As a, we'll record a pod. Uh, from a Filipino basketball game. Oh, we have to. It'd be fire. It'd That'd be, be fire. So cool. It'd be sick. Yeah. All right. House? <laughs> I can't wait. All right. So that's all we've got for this episode of the Positionless Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be posting these once a week for now uh, on Thursdays or Fridays. So make sure you catch that. You can see us on Spotify, uh, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. We'll also next week be moving more towards a video podcast style so that you know you can get to know us a little bit better you don't only have to hear our voices you can see what we look like you can see my reactions when i hear the most (laughs) audacious things that aaron matthew uh (laughs) says specifically aaron matthew this guy insane things so you're gonna want to see everyone's reactions when that happens thank you so much for tuning in you can follow us on twitter on instagram uh, you can also follow our parent company, the Kickout Media, on Instagram. Make sure to check out the website, thekickoutmedia.com. That's all we've got for this week. We'll see you next time.